1: On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we catch up with Darren Collison. Since hanging it up, Darren has moved on to a space where he is directly impacting the next wave of players. In 2019, he started Pro's Vision, a full-service training program based in Orange County, California, where he passes on his NBA experience on-court knowledge and rolls up his sleeves to get down to training top crop players. For Darren, he values the mentor role above all as he stays connected to the game while watching his players develop. For Gil, this is the ultimate reward, passing on the wisdom while staying competitively connected to the game. And as Darren explains the vision behind Pro's vision, the concept lines up directly with Gil's focus on explaining the game so the next generation can be even better than the one that came before. It's an awesome addition of the no chill podcast one we love very much because it's close to our hearts so remember you can get every episode as soon as they drop for all hoopers wherever you get your podcasts for all sports fans be sure to check out what's going down on the no chill channel on youtube and don't forget every monday 8 p.m eastern it's no chill with gilbert arenas on the fubo sports network Welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticella right over there. I got to say his name because he won't do it. Gilbert Arenas. We're joined today, Darren Collison. Thank Thanks you, for thank joining you. us. Yep, thank and you Gil, probably. we're here in the lab, Pro's Vision. We took our show on the road because we, we talk about it a lot, but today we got to show it. Uh-huh. So this space, Pro's Vision, it was a vision indeed. Uh-huh. We're at the Ethica headquarters here in Orange County. And exactly what you're doing, that's what we wanted to get into today. Yeah. Um, So so take us all the way back. When did this start? It starts with an idea. Right. Right. You were actually in your in your playing days. So you're in that player mode and then you got inspired. So what happened?
2: Yeah, no, it was pretty much my last year in the NBA. And, um, you know, I'm a big, you know, observer and watching like guys train. And how much does it translate, you know, from their work to the actual game? And, you know, sometimes you see, like, players, they work two, three times a day. They're working relentlessly. But then when the game comes, they don't really perform the way that they work. So my biggest challenge is trying to see how close we can get to the games. And I want to, like, design, like, a training company to get close to that um, and have players work and simulate the stuff that they see during the games to on the court. And it's, it's going thus far. I started last year, March. And um, man, we just happened to get player after player within the SoCal, you know, community. And, you know, my guys Sean, Calvin, and Paris, who have been good helping me work, um, we've been doing a good job thus far. And, you know, we never looked back since.
1: And that's what you just said, it's the team involved. Mm-hmm. I know you're at the forefront of it, but there's the other yeah, guys behind sure. the scenes because you've got to take that idea and bring it to life. Right. So to talk about them, at what point do you sort of hand off that trust or know like they're going to fill in the gaps on what you started
2: out from? Well, Most of the guys that we work with are professional players, not just the NBA, but overseas. And you can't train nobody if you don't know what you're really talking about or have experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not, not saying, not trying to throw shade at any other trainers, but, you know, I just feel like the training is a little bit more exclusive and a little more better. So I put those guys on my staff and um, I trust them. So, like, if I'm not here, you know, I trust them that they're going to give them the same amount of work if I was here. And um, we talk about it every single day. Each player, we may spend like five to ten minutes on what we can do to improve this player, watch game film. You know, we may talk to the high school coach, college coach. And we just try to simulate as much as we can. So like in the off season, when they're
0: done, they already know what they're getting to during the regular season, so. yeah, hey, that's, that's what my biggest thing is when I came back and started, you know, looking around that, you know, translating what you guys are practicing into the game. Right. And for the most part, most of those kids that were training, it didn't translate. For sure. So, I, you know, you sit there and you try to watch people's workout like, there we go. You you don't do that in the game. That's right. Sure. You're you're doing point guard stuff right now in the game. You're shooting guard and you actually never touch it. And they're making you come off screens. For sure. And you don't know how to do that because you never trained it. For sure. So then I started looking at the trainers themselves. Wow. Realize ninety percent of the trainers are just in it for the money. Yeah. You know they're in it for the money. They they got uh, they got better. At basketball, when they were actually done, mm-hmm. so then it became YouTube trainers, where you know I watch a move, I practice it, I teach it. Well, yeah, that's good, but because you actually never done it in the game, you I don't mean, even know no, if it exactly. actually works. For sure. So you're giving these kids all these tools and never actually apply them. For sure. So you know, if you became this dribbling expert. You know, when you were done playing and you're giving this kid all these dribbling moves and you never translated to see if it actually works. Yeah. And these kids is like, yo, I'm spending a thousand dollars with you a month and, and yeah. I can't get past my defender. Yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense. And they, and they don't <laughs>
2: care. too. And they don't care. And kind of the G's point, it was like. Where I feel like we could be different is like we ready made the money we need to make. So now it's about the player. Mm-hmm. And to me, we get satisfaction out of a player's improvement. We don't get satisfaction of how much we get paid because we don't need it financially. So, like to Gilbert's point, like you know, for me in my career, what I experienced, you know, I had a chance to play on the ball a lot and off the ball. And I remember playing with CP the year that I played with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. That the summer before I played with CP, I was doing a whole lot of pick and rolls. Then when I actually got there and played with him those pick-and-rolls were, like, limited in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had my time where I played pick-and-roll, but to order to play more minutes to play with CP, I had to play off the ball. Mm-hmm. So throughout the season, I literally changed up my workout, you know, resume and just started working more on corner <laughs> shots. Yep, Because that's where I was getting the shots at. You yeah. know, I didn't like it, but if I want to <laughs> stay on the court, that's where I was going to get more of my shots. And I just started to see a change in... My minutes and everything's just starting to improve. So when I look at players now that we train, it's like most of these players they have an idea of who they want to be, but the coach has a different idea of who they should be. And you can't be successful if you're not on the court. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And what you you said? I don't want to throw shade. Let him do that actually. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's not disrespect. You're just you're just calling for what it is. Yeah. That as a player, you gotta survive. So if I have to adjust my game, I have the ability, I gotta tap into that, but I also gotta be
0: able to survive and stay on the court. For but sure. I mean, but you still gotta be realistic with yourself, you know. And you know, at a certain age, you don't really have, you don't really know much. Yeah. You know, you still have NBA players that struggle with, with situational stuff where you put them in a game and well, oh, no, this is not what you're gonna do today. You're gonna do this, and they have to adjust and they can't because they never was put in that situation. For sure. For sure. Like whenever I went into the summer, I went into the summer training as a shooting guard. So all my, all my routines and all my drills are shooting guard stuff. Never point guard stuff. Even when you, even when you played the point guard position most of the time. Yeah, because if I, I played a point guard, so I don't need to train, you know, so I, so all my regimen, all my drills, if I put kids to drill, it's all shooting guard drills. Wow. Coming off screens, backdooring, flaring, all that, because at some point, because I was a scoring guard, if, we got a pick and a pure point guard came and he ran the team better than I am, I'm on the verge of getting moved. Man, that's smart. No, that's matter, smart. no matter how much I average, yeah. at some point they have to make room for this person Man, because he's valuable to everyone. Wow. You know, so it's like, I need to learn how to play off the ball. Mm-hmm. So if you really ever watch the games like that, you'll realize I didn't do much dribbling. I didn't need to, it was quick, quick and go, fast backdoor, come up and shoot. I was, I was literally playing like a, a shooting guard. Wow. You know, and that's, that's what made me dangerous because it's just like, Seth, when I gave the ball up, that's when I'm dangerous because exactly. I'm, I'm going. Yeah. So, you know, I always actually prepared myself just for the invasion. Wow. You know, and, but how do you get to that space with a kid? Because you're
1: thinking if, if, okay, I'm developing him as a point guard. Yeah. I'm going to make them a master at
2: that. You're not thinking, I'm going to also teach them another position. I think you could do a little bit of both. I think, what G said, like he he, even though he worked on his shooting techniques or shooting guard techniques, he added to his game. So now he's he's more dangerous as an off-ball threat. The way the game is being played right now is kind of to what he alluded to with Steph. Like, you can't just be on the ball. You gotta be able to play off the ball. So he's a little bit ahead of his time. But now that's how they play. Mm-hmm. So I think players now, like the young these young players, they gotta understand that you don't need the ball to be dangerous. You can play without the ball to be dangerous. And when you don't have the ball, can you still be effective on the court? And that's where we're trying to understand and help these young guys to understand, like, look, when you come here, yeah, we're gonna work a lot about on-ball stuff and we got the dribbling stuff and you got the splitting the pick and roll, but can you come off a screen and know how to get your footwork down and shoot? Can you run the floor when somebody else is throwing you the ball? Because as you guys know, the point guard is not bringing the ball up. You got bigs. Look at Bam from Miami. He's bringing the ball up. So you got to be able to know how to play off the ball. That's what I was going to bring up. What you did was go from
1: the the point to the two. How about the other positions to the point? That seems like actually way more dangerous. Yeah, But I
0: mean, just, but as, as, as just players, you know, I remember when like advanced coaches back in the day is like, yo, y'all got to learn every position. To us, we was like, nah, ain't yeah, ain't no man, yeah, exactly. yeah. We, we ain't learning all those. Posi- now that is the game. Yeah. That is the game. First, you know, they seemed crazy back then. Now you need to know all the positions. Because right? if your big man gets the ball and takes off, you got to know how to run a lane Absolutely. or run down the middle. And you, you know, so the games evolved. You know, because players has gotten better, players have gotten bigger, players have gotten wiser, stronger. You know, you know, we just gotta get the players that only watch highlights and say, yo, those are 2% plays. You're gonna get, you're gonna have highlights and it's, it's, that's rare. Mm-hmm. You gotta learn, you gotta have a 98% basketball game. Yeah. And you know, that, that stuff you see and turning around, that's, th- those are rarity plays. Yeah. You don't make a whole training session on this. You know what I mean? So you gotta understand that, Basketball, for the most part, is basic. Yeah. Get to the spots, score this, and then your natural ability is gonna do all that stuff that we so, try to capture and we get oohs and ahs. I like, that's natural ability. Yeah. That's, he has the, he, he has all those tools, but he's only unleashing them because he's been a, like someone came, okay, bop, ba bop, go. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that's what, you know, some of the trainers who never played mm-hmm. on that level gotta understand that. That, yeah, I in and out cross cross and went by, I did that off a of reaction, right? Mm-hmm. I was in and out and crossing, and I seen him getting ready to jump, and I hit him with the cross and went no. by. That wasn't the playing move. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't, I can't plan like I'm going I'm to do it, I'm going to come <laughs> down and bop, 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 spin sure. and shoot. Nah, sure. I'm, I'm getting For that sure. shit snatched out of there. For sure, You <laughs> sure. think he come down with some
2: pre-made, sure. <laughs> pre-made yeah. meals. Yeah. And you you know, it's so funny, because, you know, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, G, Maybe you, Baron D-Will, were like considered the big point guards around that time. Mm -hmm. I might be missing somebody else. Uh, J-Kid. J-Kid. You know, all you guys knew how to post at the guard position. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised, none of of the big guards that we have know how to post at the guard (laughs) position because what trainers are doing is like, you have to be a two, you have to be a three. Like, you have to be this in order to be good. And what G is saying is, no, like, you, you can add to your game, you react, but you don't have to be anything. Don't Why box these players in? So like, we, even with our seven, eight graders and parents be looking at us like, you sure you want my kid to post? But we're trying to get them to understand like when they get to that level, they know how to feel comfortable in the post position. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't a, I wasn't a post player at all, but I played against guys that knew how to post and I, and I saw their moves and what worked for them. So we try to do that with our big guards and we try to emulate that as best way we can. But I think what that was at that time,
1: putting ones in the post, and now the game has evolved. So coaches are saying, no, no, we're going to make this all no, no, like, up that, and down that and was
0: the That was the evolution. The evolution was, yeah, our, our five man is going against Shaq. He don't have the advantage. I have a little guy on me. So if I'm trying to, we're trying to get this double, put me in the post. Yeah. They're gonna to have to come in double. Now we can get the swing, swing, swing. Y'all exactly. all talk about. Yeah. And, and then it, what, when, when did that change though? At what point? Are they saying they want to take a changed, speedy guard and just get up and down. When it back? Yeah. When the posting guard stopped? <laughs> when it, <laughs> exactly. they 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 left the league? You know what yeah. I mean? Once they left the league, so like like somebody like Luca, James Harden, uh, Westbrook, John Wall. Yo, y'all got C.J. McCullough sitting on the What are you gonna do right here? Yeah. I'm, I'm this close to the rim. You're going to double or I'm getting the basket. So the reason I went in as the post is when I had them little fast guards mm-hmm. that, that sit there and press me all day. <laughs> and now, like, now you compromising. For sure. And, and So it's like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Pass, I'm going to pass the ball. We're going to call one down. I'm going to get it in the post and beat you up in the post yeah. so they can put a shooting guard on me. Now yeah. I got the foot speed. <laughs> exactly.
2: and And what you're doing now is you're getting you're giving yourself more playmaking opportunities, not just one set thing. And to go back to your question, I think po- posting is a distinct you know trait now, like because not a lot of people are posting, but you need to post every now and then in the game. Like you look at the Lakers, you know, LeBron and a d are still posting. You know what I mean? So it's okay. You can post every now and then. Like you don't have to do it like a, at, a, at a heavy dose, but every now and then if you really need a bucket and a good bucket and you got like a mismatch with a big guard, go down the post. And the play doesn't necessarily have to be for the big guard. It could be for like something like as a decoy to set up a play on the weak side, so.
0: Yeah, I, 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 that, when you're sitting there thinking about it, it was like, I remember I had a guard, Andre Miller in the post. Half half the game, he said in the post. <laughs> like you you talking about a crappy guy? on a, He said in the post half the game on me, J Kid. Um, He's singing on the other end. But yeah. Like I'm I'm, I'm no, thinking about no, all dude, them. Man. Gary Payton. Man, I I, I did a switch cause <laughs> Gary Payton was posting me up so much. I switched, put the big man on him. Eric Dampier. He backed Eric <laughs> Dampier down. Bob, Bob, Bob spent Power layup. Double, yeah, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Who does that?
2: I was getting abused so bad by a uh, big bro, uh, Baron, B. Diddy. So bad he was humming a music tone as he was posting me up. And I'm like, yo, if this is not disrespectful. But I could not do nothing yeah, about it. because no one else can
1: hear but you. Yes. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, he's, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah he's, getting, he's getting to his mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like, just come help, man. Like, because he's, he's too confident in there. But, that's what, that's what it was back then, so. Yeah, because it's what you just said, playmaking.
1: And if you make a playmaker wherever, and the guy that we know, Peyton Watson, one of your guys, yeah. you know, think of that. You look at his height and length, and a coach might just say, here's what we're going to do with you. But if you make him a playmaker at that size, See,
0: he's I, the I, ultimate I, weapon. I, I think the game has went away from natural ability. Mm-hmm. Um like you're trying to, it's like you're trying to force something that's not For there. Sure. I understand where you're going. You know, going. You're, yeah. you're, you're trying to, like you're you're looking at one team that has the number one shooter, number two shooter, number three shooter, and they can interchange. And then you got number seven, eight, 12, out of the top 15 on one team. So when you're sitting there looking at an algorithm, of shooting threes and this and this, you can't make it for everybody else because out of the top 15 shooters, seven are on one team. Yeah. So their percentage is gonna be different. For sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, if you only shoot 35%, this and this, that's not 35%. Well, if I'm shooting six for seven and you shooting seven for seven and then he can, he's allowed to shoot. He's over 12. Yeah, of course that brings us down yeah. to 35% that That's make us point. look good. But no, he's the shooter who, who's do not supposed to be shooting is actually bringing the percentage down. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, when you, when you look at what's going on, it's like in the NBA, the people who are making the calls aren't NBA experts. Yeah. They're number crunchers. Yeah. So basically, all the new owners that that's bought these teams are crunching. They're number crunchers. Yeah. They're you know uh, Wall Street. All these guys, billionaire tech guys. They're, that, playing, they're playing money ball. That, yeah. that all that all know numbers. Yeah. So all they're doing is just doing the numbers and said, "All right, this is what we need. We need thirty-five threes. Like well, no, that's yeah. that's it's the it's the new owners that's coming in. Not actually old basketball brains. Okay, so here you go. Now Gills the GM. What do you do with that? How do you
1: turn the tide? I, how do you, how do you turn the tide? Yeah, flip that coin. Because you're saying you're thinking as a player, they're thinking as owners, money crunch or I, number I, crunchers. I,
2: and I'm a, I'm gonna just add to that. I was talking to a good friend of mine, D West, and he brought up a good point. He was like, "Why isn't?" former players at the helm of what we do best. That, that was my hint. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you, if you think about it, you, you go to school, the teacher's in charge. You know what I'm saying? Like, not your auntie, your mom, or somebody else. In, that's what they do. They're, they're the best at what they do. Um, you know, where you go to a lawyer or a doctor, they're the best at what they do. You know what I mean? They've been studying for so long. So when it comes to, like training or when it comes to making front office decisions, you know what I mean? Why not have majority of former players in the front office because they know what's going on in the locker room. Mm -hmm. They know why a guy that's 0 for 12 Mm -hmm. is not shooting the ball really well. So to me, I don't know how you make that switch, but I think front office, they have to be secure with themselves and they gotta be willing to allow former players to help them make a joint decision. And the reason why I say joint is because they're still good at what they do. They're still good at their numbers, you know what I mean? Maybe we can't do what they want to do when it comes to the books financially. Not to say none of us can't, but I just think it's got to be more of a joint effort between
0: former players and people in the front office. It's, it's one, it's friends. Mm-hmm. You know, friends, hiring friends. because you, you remember when we came in, it, it was probably still there, your player development coach. Did he player develop you anything? <laughs> No, nah, he was just an old dude Wait, that did, hung, did with <laughs> he hung, he hung out with the team. He hung out with the team.
2: This the seat that you're in now, you, saying, know what, you know, you to this point. I did, but it was Robert Peck,
0: a former player. Uh-huh. But was so, but was he teaching you? Yes, because oh, okay. he no,
2: because because he was a player.
0: See, I had I he had a, player, a good one. I had a play, You had a good one. I had yeah, a I had player a, coach I that good one. didn't rebound one time for me. I, <laughs> I, get I didn't even like <laughs> he was part of the coaching staff. He wasn't part of the player staff. He yeah. wasn't. I, 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 you know what some. I mean? Yeah. So I had to, I my 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 rebounders was Tim Conley, which is a GM. He was um video coordinator. Well, saying so he wasn't, he didn't play. Right? No, he was exactly. a video See, coordinator who watched film. Good, yeah. So he rebounded. I, like <laughs> I got my own drills. I just need you to rebound. <laughs> and then and then, you know, a kid who kept um uh uh DMing me, like back then it was MySpace, wanted to be a ball kid. I was like, "Come on, be a ball kid. Put yeah. him on the ball kid. What's the name, Staff?" And he rebound for me three, four in the morning. Didn't care. That, that was yeah. that was my team yeah. of rebounders. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like now you 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 have the ability to to get better. Like like to ask the question, Yo, Scotty, what did you do to to be great? How is Scotty Pippen not on some front office? coaching staff, or, like, why are you guys recycling the same failure? I I call it failures. You're recycling the same failures. There's a reason these guys can't win. They can't win. They keep dropping the ball. Why do you keep hiring it? It don't matter. It don't matter who they hire beside them. They have broken armor. They have broken armor and they need to fix it or mm-hmm. let somebody come in and show them this is why you keep losing in the
1: playoffs. Right. That's what I'm trying to think. Well, you said that. Who's running the show now that are former players? The only guy that really came to mind, I know there's probably more, but Elton Brand in Philly. Yeah, Ellen. But when you came in, you had like Chris Mullen and Golden State. Uh-huh. It just I, Something changed, I, I think. So What's funny it was, is
0: Chris, Chris Mullen be perfect. Was, was, he was getting a job. He was training me yeah. on how to train. So you know, like when I so that's where my real training came from was those two years I was with Golden State. And Mullen will come down. We'll 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 play full court one on one, half court one on one. You know, because he was still trying to stay in shape. Beat him in full court, of course. Half court, I couldn't stop this man.
2: Like
0: his all I, I couldn't do nothing with that was, he was just he was just tearing me apart but it, but that's what you need you need someone that's going to challenge your John walls your Kyries, your that that's really going to put work in because my thing was always this I'm a scoring guard but the people in my ear average seven 13 what you did does not translate to me you know, so you're saying, oh, we need to pass the ball, we need to do this. I have the advantage. Why? Because yeah. I remember my first my first thing was, my first thing was, I got a pick and roll, and the big man switched on me, and I called one four flat. One four flat. And they looked at me, timeout, or they stopped stop the practice. What are you doing, Rook? This and this. And I'm like, yo, I have an advantage here. The big man. And they're telling me, no, the advantage is down there. Yeah. Pass it to the post. I was like, if you pass it to the post, they're gonna double that. Yeah. They're gonna double, it. it's gonna pass, 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 we are gonna swing it. So what is the point of that? I'm just I can just take him off the dribble. Yeah. I said, seven points a game says pass it down there. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 scoring brain says take him. Because right. once I get past him, there's no protection there. Yeah. You know, so now we're sitting here trying to figure out, all right, who mentally I can relate to. So you know now, and that's why I started going to the gym at three o'clock. Like like on the road, I'm at the gym three o'clock. I'm I'm gonna run against Kobe, I'm gonna see him, I get to watch how he, what his mind is telling him to do. I get to to, um, watch Ray Allen, you know what I mean? I get to watch all these guys and I get to watch him and I'm just looking, what are you guys doing? Because obviously you guys are successful and it's working versus what I'm looking at because what I'm looking at is not or what doesn't make being, sense. what you're being told. Yeah, yeah what I'm being it, it doesn't make yeah. sense that I don't see nobody staying after shooting. I don't see nobody coming to the gym early. Yeah. I don't I don't see none of that. Yeah. yeah it de- so,
2: you know, it, it definitely helps when you have like a player that that's telling you these things. And you know, one thing you like analytical can't comprehend is emotions from players and chemistry. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can do numbers, but chemistry. To me, who, who are the biggest... What's the biggest reason for a team having chemistry on that team? Vets. Mm-hmm. Nobody pays attention to Jared Dudley when it comes to the Lakers, but to me, I, I guarantee you he's keeping that locker room behind together. Behind closed doors. Behind yeah. closed doors. Yep. And only a player will understand what he's doing. Yep. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes at practice that can deteriorate a team's chemistry. But when you have a good vet, and I played with one like Daddyus Young was a good vet. Um mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Evans was a good vet. When you play with guys that are good vets, they're doing so many things to keep a locker room together. You know what I mean? Not, oh, we need more threes, or we need more of this, we need more of that. Nah, he don't feel like playing with this player. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it comes down to. It's an emotion thing. Like yep. it's something that you gotta do to like build that trust. And how can you bond that if you not if you don't have an experience of that as a player? So. What we're
1: getting, even where you are now, Darren, what we're getting to here is also the role of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. If it's a vet to a rookie, think about it that way. I'm going to take you under my wing. But now even the space that you're in now with these young guys, you don't always have that as a player. Sometimes that can be a gift. Like I wasn't even paying attention. This guy came into my life and he mentored me and put me on the right path. But do you think that's the most important thing you
2: could do here with Pro's Vision? For sure. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's, it's us as mentoring young players, and we're trying to help them to not get into the same trouble that we got as players. You know, you always want the next generation behind you to be better. Mm -hmm. And for me, if I can tell one player just one thing that, whether it's in my personal life or something on the court, and they wash out for the loopholes, then fine. Like, I did my job, you know what I'm saying? you know, I just think that's missing. You know what I mean? Like, especially in a locker room, the veteran there's not that many vets on the team. Um, but I saw it here. Like, we have some guys that are playing professional overseas ball, and they're helping a paint, you know, Watson. They're helping a Devin Askew. And so, like, it's not just hearing my voice; it's hearing from the other guys' voice too. So I think that's big, man. Mentorship is very big with these young players because when you're young, and as you know, like, you think you know it all. Yeah. Like you think you got it all figured out, and you're quick, and you're quicker, and you think you you could jump higher. I mean, we have players right now that think they could beat me. You know what I'm saying? But then when they play, they're like, man, you're not as quick. But it's like, it's only because I I was you before you. Like That's the only reason why Like I'm doing what I, I kind of know what the move you're going to make. I just don't do the move no more because it, it, there's no point doing the move. So to me, I think that's missing is the mentorship, and that's where I get a kick out of this.
0: You, you know that... The 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 misconception of a troublemaker is he doesn't get wise, right? So, like when you when you try to go for a job and they use your pass against you, right? Oh, you you use this this this. Well, yeah, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five, hot head. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. You're 38, 39, 40 now. (laughs) You can teach the next 25, 26 what's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) If you stay down this road. And I don't, I don't, I think everyone's so worried about what their image is gonna look like if they bring this person in, bring it. It's like, no, that that is actually the guy you want. For sure. For sure. Because he I can tell you. Don't go this route. Hey, yeah. I can tell y'all, don't, don't. It's a waste of time. Yeah. One of you guys gonna get traded. Y'all sitting here <laughs> not liking each other. And one of y'all gonna have to put your foot down and it's gonna force For a trade. Sure. For you are sure. gonna get traded, you gonna get traded. Yeah. Y'all both gonna end up miserable. a, that, p- a, a player who's been there can tell you that. Yo, that usually this, what happens. All this fighting yep. over the money,
2: they ain't Shut even up. worth
0: it. Yeah. Y'all are too rich to be fighting over yeah. $500. Yeah. Y'all fighting over the same girl that y'all both not dating. If you, she dating both of y'all on the same team, who else y'all think y'all she dating? <laughs> so there ain't no point in even worrying about it and getting, you know, only someone who's been through that can actually stop the next generation from doing it. Yo,
2: gee, I had, so <laughs> I was on the plane and I'm not going to say which team, but um, D West though, but I'm not going to say which team or what players. That's fine. A couple players were getting ready to a fight on the plane. And um, he was the, coolest, calmest dude on the plane. And the fight was literally break about to break out right in front of him. And he didn't pay no mind to the fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just like in the zone doing some paperwork. And I'm like, D, like, there's a fight about to break out. Like, and so I asked him about practice. Like, yo, like, you was just calm. He was like, man, D, they wasn't gonna do nothing. So I'm like, all right, so what do you mean? He said, man, usually fights in man, it don't really go down that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every fight that I saw in front of me from that far, it's like, oh, they're not gonna do nothing. And that (laughs) resonated with me. (laughs) And that's usually what happens. So like to Gilbert's, you know, point is like, these guys that, you know, that been through it, they see it all. It's just, it's just, every now and then you have one or two good young players Mm -hmm. that listen and understand what you're saying. But for the most part, all these young players, they like, they
0: think they know what it is. And and that's what I said. And people wonder why the next generation has fallen just like the previous generation. Because the previous generation, you're not bringing a man to stop. You know what I mean? Like if I was a franchise player who was at his height and didn't fail, I know how to stop him from falling. That's yeah, sure. You know yeah. what I mean? I know what to do. I know how to say, yo, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know what? I used to work like this, but you can do this. You can add more value to yourself by adding this to your game. Because now I sit back and... Like, damn, I wish I would have did that instead of that. Sure. I get to reflect on that and give it to you. Like, I, I guess it's it's one of those things is like a gangbanger who has a son, mm-hmm. he doesn't want his son to be a gangbanger. Exactly. You know, that's, that's the theory. Do you you get, want him to be better than me. Let me ask you this. Do you, so do you get satisfaction when you tell somebody
2: those pitfalls and then they they watch out for those pitfalls? Yes. And that makes you feel that good, That makes right? you feel
0: good. That it's makes like, you feel like, like all the stuff you did
2: is like, all right, cool. Like, at least I can tell somebody
1: about it. All right Gil, it's that time, let's take a break because we gotta talk about our friends at Orgain. You know, athletes are constantly looking for the best clean nutrition to help them stay healthy, active and feeling their best. So before your workout, I found the secret, it's Orgain. You make a shake and it fuels you through your activity. That's why we're so happy to be connected with Orgain. It's an absolute game changer. Thanks to Orgain, their sport plant-based powders help us get the most out of our workouts and feel our best as hoopers, as golfers, as runners, wherever you're at in your performance, get to know Orgain. The Orgain sport protein powder is a unique blend of organic ingredients that help build strength and optimize both performance and recovery. Mix it into a smoothie or shake for a quick on the go drink. And if you need that extra spark to start your workout or you wanna stay sharp throughout the day, reach for the sport energy powder. It's packed with electrolytes and adaptogens for optimal performance no matter what you're doing. And we all know how you recover is just as important as you work out, especially as you get older. Orgain also has a sport recovery powder that maximizes restoration. It replenishes tired muscles with a unique blend of plant-based organic ingredients, including adaptogenic mushrooms, to help reduce inflammation so you feel better, especially that next day when you're getting out of bed. And at No Chill, we're not the only Orgain Sport Powder Believers. Pro golfer and US champ Bryson DeChambeau loves Orgain too. So, you know, when you're looking to recover, remember this, you gotta fuel it. It it really makes a difference. It's a game changer, like we said, and it comes down to Orgain. And for fans of the No Chill Podcast, as always... Thanks to Orgain, we found something that is the absolute best clean product to help us stay healthy and maximize performance. Right now, you can save 20% on your first order. Plus, when you subscribe, you can get even more. So 20% off your first order. All you got to do is tryorgain.com slash nochill. Go to that website. Again, that's tryorgain.com slash chill. T-R-Y-O-R-G-A-I-N.com slash no chill for 20% off your first order plus extra savings when you subscribe. TryOrgain.com slash no chill game changer. And let's also introduce you to sun soil. You know, these days it seems like people are putting CBD on everything And there's a lot of noise, but there's one company from Vermont that's worth the hype. Sunsoil sent us a no-chill care package, and I got familiar with the Sunsoil CBD oil really quickly, the cinnamon flavor. I put some in some water in the morning to just give me some clarity and feel good in the morning to start my day. You know, With Sunsoil, they make CBD oil that is USDA-certified organic. CBD is made from hemp plants, so how the hemp is grown really matters. Sunsoil farms their hemp in Vermont, so they never use pesticides, herbicides, or GMOs. We also, as athletes know this, you have to be mindful about what you're putting in your body. That's why at No Show, we love sunsoil because it's made from simple ingredients that we can pronounce. Many of their products contain coconut oil and hemp. That's it. Look on the package and you'll see the ingredients. On the oil, for example, it's organic MCT oil, coconut oil, cinnamon oil. That's it. Because Sunsoil farms their hemp and makes their CBD oil in-house, their prices are less than half the price of other brands, so you get organic CBD at an unbeatable price. Sunsoil clearly labels the amount of CBD that's in each serving. Sunsoil also tests every batch of the product at three independent labs and publishes the results on their website. Sunsoil donates a percentage of sales via 1% for the planet to environmental and community causes. They actually care and you'll actually like it. All right, so here's what we got. Sunsoil makes CBD oil with simple organic ingredients. And for fans of the No Chill podcast, get 30% off your first order by going to sunsoil.com slash no chill. That's sun, S-U-N-S-O-I-L.com slash no chill for 30% off your first order. sunsoil.com slash no chill.
0: Yeah, because you know, yeah. like when 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 some person falls, all we can do is reflect on For what sure. if, right? Yeah. Well, if I get to tell you, yo, don't do this club and dang, wait till the summer, two times during the season, you don't need to worry about this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And he takes off. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, yeah, so uh, that that's me. Yeah. I could, you know, you 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 can see, like, you know, because that's all we do is we have our memories. Sure. And our, our, our regrets and the things we 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 uh we did accomplish. Mm-hmm. And you know when people ask me, yo, do you regret anything? No. Because I wouldn't be wise enough to point. stop the next generation from falling in the same path. Awesome. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like like I had a mentor, you know, Larry Hughes, when, when he was there, there was no questioning, because if he did, when he did talk. You know, I can, shoot, I can shoot 12 times in a row, and he didn't get the ball, hmm. he, his complaint wouldn't be about him. He'd be like, yo, big man ain't touched the ball in a while. If you want them to play defense to protect you, mm-hmm. you might want to give them a bone or two. I know. I know, but I'm on fire, though. <laughs> well, you're going to be fouled out of the game because you can't stop him. Mm-hmm. And I already got my hustle over here, so I got to stop this guy. He going to get you in foul trouble, you're going to be sitting on the bench or you can give the big man the ball so he can be happy on the other end. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those were our conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when he left, I'm the big man now. Uh, I got my own rules. You know, but my rules is play mode. Someone, Someone's like, yo, they'll hear stories about me in locker rooms and I'll be like, well, y'all gotta understand what like my my world, my world was loneliness. All I'm doing is at home, watching film, playing video games, coming to the gym, working five hours, four or five in the morning doing this. When I come to the gym and my boys are there, fun, <laughs> it's fun time. Like, <laughs> I, you know, be, because I'm in there so much working, when I seen my friends, it's like, it's PE. Like, y'all calling it practice when we get down there. Right now it's the 15 minutes of PE, what y'all wanna do? Yeah. What y'all wanna do in here? You wanna wrestle, you wanna paintball shooting? Yeah. And that's where it was coming from. It's like, so I told someone, you would never catch me in the street doing anything because yeah. I'm at home or I'm in the gym. So when my friends came, it's it's playtime. That's, that's what I, I didn't understand. Like, my brain didn't process that. I didn't give you my work For everybody ethic. Everybody else, yeah. See, I have my work ethic and now it's playtime and I didn't give you the work ethic. So while you're trying to work, I'm trying to play.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, so I failed my my youngins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't give my youngins the tools I had that made me great. Mm-hmm. I gave them the playful me and you know like so if i did regret something it's regret that i didn't pass on my work ethic to that group but but i wouldn't know that if i don't if you know i wouldn't know that if life didn't happen the way it happened yeah. you know what i mean you would not know that if you didn't go through it yeah yeah, yeah. He wouldn't. and you know and that's 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 something we can pass on down you know to the youth yeah like you know we, same thing with the parents oh you know i'd tell a parent hey um <clears throat> Your son is eight. The pressure you're putting on on the to help it's you get much. out of the hood, that don't. That, that, that um, <laughs> this is right now at this age, you want him to fall in love with it. Because there, it's only two ways to, to, to really beat. Either the, the person loves it or pain is pushing him to not to be great because he don't want to feel this anymore. Yeah. Something happened, where it pushed him to for sure you know what I mean so for I said sure. you got two ways you don't yeah. want him to not love this sport yeah no, I see that so make, let yeah. him love it let him have fun let yeah. him enjoy yeah. wait yeah. wait till all the pressure's done and then y'all have conversation yeah, like sad. me and my son we we are you like we're teammates yeah. you know because my thing is I'm never gonna I'm never gonna stop the di- uh, the dialogue by being a parent mm-hmm. like so you know if I'm telling him to shoot and he, he don't like the way I'm telling them, we arguing. Like, what? F- you? what mm-hmm. That's why you're trying. One-on-one. One be one. Then that's how we ended, it. One, one, one verse one then. Mm-hmm. If you good, beat me. 21-0. Now you ready to listen? I said, I ain't practice, I ain't playing 21-0. What's happening? Because I if if I let him say something and then I throw the parent Trump card, it's not gonna work. It it kind of messes yeah. up the, the build. And, and I tell coaches, parents, the same thing. You have, you have to play in two realms. You can't play in this realm, and then when you don't like what they do, you throw the, 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 the parent. parent Trump card in. Because that parent Trump card, they're gonna reject it every single time. You know, they're gonna re- it's, it's that old saying: like, if you tell me the truth, I won't get mad you tell them the truth, they get mad anyway. Like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, yeah. don't, you don't want to throw that, so it's like, it's trying to, it's trying to figure out how to play in the realms. It's like, not, you know, like, like that's thing. what I do. I watch, I learn, because even as a parent, parent, coach, trainer, I, I have it all. So I got to learn. I got to learn how to trainers talk to the kids versus how they talk to the parents. Because you remember, when we grew up, yeah. the coach's son got it the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That motherfucker got it He he he. do talk be, back to yeah, me? Yeah. Don't you t- don't. So he's sitting there crying the most. <laughs> you got you have two kids. Either the parent, the, the the son, the 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 son was he became dad real quick. Yeah, he be, he he's sitting there like horrible crying to halftime. time. Or he was a green light assassin. You know, it was a, there was no middle ground for those kids. Yeah.
1: Or if he was gonna, he couldn't yell at you, so he's gonna take it out on <laughs> his, his kid yeah, yeah. because he could. But as a coach, as a player, because you you just said parent coach, but, but, training, why you, but, but now where you but are why now, you then, think he,
0: the, this is why you're. he's a, everything I know now, I can give it to this group that 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 doesn't know. So now you're making a player smarter, better, faster, at a younger for sure. at a younger age. For sure. So how do you approach that that role, especially as as a mentor?
2: What do you mean?
1: Like, in what way? As a former player and and taking satisfaction in their success.
2: Because I've I've had my success, Mm -hmm. you know? um, Parents, they probably went through some stuff. You know, any parent has went through some stuff, and they had their own success, and that's why they tell us what they tell us. Now it's just about either their kid or just about the player. For me, I don't need nothing out of it. You know what I mean? I made my money and you know, I had fun playing the game. Um, you know, now it's just about if I if that player has had some success on the court, that's all I get out of it. And that makes me feel good, you know? And it's not just on the court, it's off the court, too. You know, when I see a kid's grades are improving, you know what I mean? We told a kid, you can't train with us until your grades improve. Mm-hmm. He went back la- the last four or five weeks, went hard in the books, his grades improved. I'm, I'm cool, like, you know what I mean? And you see you results. You don't never got to give us any type of credit, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, my success doesn't lie on praise. My success relies on your results and what you do for yourself as, as a player. So, I mean, to me personally, like, I get a, I get joy at telling these players, you know, what they need to do and what they need to work on. It's not just our Division One athletes. It's not just our top high school players. It's, sometimes we have 5th, 6th, 7th graders are young kids, and you're telling them certain things, and they may not be listening to their parents or whatever case you hear about off the court, and you be like, hey, listen, I think you should take time to do this. Come next week, they're apologizing, and then they're saying, okay, like, you was right. Like, that's fun. That's fun when you see
0: these players have some type of success. Yeah, you know so funny? It's like, I'm with you. Sometimes, even with parents, you got to coach the parent. Oh man. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, um, During the games, you might want to like practice your facial expressions. Because at this moment in time, every time he do something wrong or good, he looks over for your approval. approval. So the rest of the game kind of reflects on how you're reacting. (laughs) So I need you to work on your your facial expression. And I need you to understand this. It's so funny. He's going to make shots. He's gonna make shots. Or he's, he's gonna, gonna miss, miss shots. shots. Exactly. He's gonna do dumb things. He's gonna do brilliant things. <laughs> I need you to work on treating it all the same. We we had a parent
2: that he was he was hard on his kid in the, like to do good in school, and which is totally acceptable. You know what I mean? That's that's how you want to play your kid, do your kid, whatever. And he had he has good grades for that. You know what I'm saying? But you're not in the classroom. Every day, you know, you might be at home telling them what to do, but you're not in the classroom. So he takes that same approach on the court. So every time his son misses, oh, you got to come, come on, watch out like this, like doing all this. And I'm like, and I had to bring him over. I'm like, look, like you wouldn't do that in the classroom. Right. So when he's on the court, this is his own sanctuary. Like you got to let him figure it out on his, on his own. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. let, like, let him you be. You for
1: sure wouldn't talk to the teacher either. No, you're not, you're
2: not in the classroom doing that. <laughs> right. So why would you be here on the court doing that? And it's so funny you say that because most of our, I wouldn't say most, I would say about 40% of our kids, they, I always look at their parents like this when they miss, yep. like this. And it's like, do you realize your parents is not going to be there in a big game in high school and <laughs> in college or if you want to make it to the NBA? Like, why look at them now? You know what Yeah. I'm that, yeah that but that's the learning process of actually experiencing as a player. And Gil will tell you, like, in your college days or your NBA days, there's nobody there to save you in the game. <laughs> you, know, you got fans heckling. Yep. You can't even find your parents. You don't yep, even know yeah, your, yeah. your parents is A. Hey. Yep. So the mental process of us teaching them, like, look, like, when you miss a shot, it's okay. You know what I mean? Who cares if anybody else is watching? It's just about you on the court. I, matter of fact, I don't want you looking at your parents. You know what? <laughs> Matter of fact, can you just step outside just a little? Just step <laughs> outside
0: for like 10 minutes so he can focus. And then you try to work, wheel that in. And, and, and that's what I said. And, and some parents get it. Some parents don't. And I just say, all right, wh- where you work at? they be like, they'll tell me. i am like, all right, so I'm going to come there tomorrow. I'm going to tell you how fast to type, how fast to send an email, when to pick up the phone, this and this. And when they're looking at me, I said, that's exactly what you're doing. You're telling him while he's playing, shoot, pass. Sh-. Like, like. You got to remember, his brain is working the way his brain is working. You got to remember, and it's going to be a little slower than we see it. So while you're sitting there yelling, he's trying to process and do like, no, just. It's so funny you say that, G, because
2: I was laughing like when people be watching the games on TV and they are like, why did he shoot the ball? Why Why did he pass? And it's like it's so easy for you in a nice. Air in Your living room on it a his couch. couch. Yeah. <laughs> you by yourself in the living room. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy for you to process, but he's playing against a tough defender. He, you know, he's he's got to read certain defenses. And look, the the angle of the TV is different from the <laughs> angle that they're seeing on the court. You know what I mean? If we all had could look down and pinpoint, yes, we would all be good playmakers. So I just thought that was funny. What the, you said. Like what's
0: so funny? I was. Uh, <laughs> I remember a parent. Um, it was a in, in the sun. <laughs> they just finished watching um, the Laker game when LeBron passed to Danny Green. So he's basically telling them how, like, LeBron, like, failed, didn't. And I said, um, <laughs> I said, I said, do you think LeBron's smart? He was like, yeah. So the decision he made, you said was a bad decision. Yeah, you know, Jordan takes that shot. Kobe, you seen what Dame said? Dame would take that shot. I said, correct. Me, I wouldn't have passed it. But I wouldn't have drove the way he drove. See, I said, you're not looking at. It. I said, when it comes to that play, that actually was the, that was the smartest. Statistical play. Mm -hmm. He's driving right. Mm -hmm. There's a right-handed, there's a, the the right corner's field, Crowder reaches at the ball, which makes him pick up the ball faster Mm -hmm. than he really wanted to. That's not LeBron's strongest running running side. So when he, so if he takes that shot and he misses it, game over. No offensive rebound, fours on the outside. You got all five defenders is there. So the smartest play was to pass it to Danny Green. Because of this, you get a wide open shot, you missed it, and you got a second opportunity to make a next decision, which they threw it out of bounds. But if I said stop the play, this shot, you have a 12% chance of making it game over, or you get two options if he passes it, everyone takes two options. Mm-hmm. They're gonna take the two options because even if he missed, we get the offense rebound. I have a whole nother option to actually do something. So if we run that play 10 times, you will pick two options. You will pick two plays over LeBron sure. doing a run and the floater with five defenders on him. For sure. So I said, that's how you look. Forget the TV, forget the TV. Look at how it all moved out. And the, the decision he made statistically was the best because he got a two for one on that same possession versus if he would have just chucked that up there and missed it. It's my same theory with threes and twos. If I'm down three, 20 seconds left, I'm driving. Because if I make it, we're down one, I foul. Now you have to go make two free throws that keep this three point lane. I'm going to drive again, foul you, Force you to actually have to concentrate versus me shooting a three, you get the rebound, game over, because you're going to make the free throw. That's four now. I got to make two. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was one of those where you have to understand the chess moves also in the game. It's bigger than what the TV said. Got to remember, the TV's never played. Those guys who's announcing, oh, that was a bad play, Jordan would have did that. It's easy to say that. You know what I mean? So if I have to tell LeBron to do that, yo, keep making that pass. Yeah. Because if he makes it, brilliant. Because when they be like, oh yeah, Kobe wouldn't have did it. Well, y'all remember Ron Artest screaming, Kobe passed the ball! Kobe! Because he was open. That was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was open. If he missed it, they would have had that offensive rebound. Yeah.
1: What do you guys think of this? Because what you're saying was, it's hard to see through the eyes of a player when you're watching on TV. You don't have a seven-footer hand in your face. And then when you make a play, it doesn't work. The only time you really ever get to speak to it, post game press conference. Yeah. And you don't really feel like talking about it. Sure. So just what you did to speak honestly about it, when can you ever do that? Like, I mean. Like, here's what I actually was thinking. Here is why. I actually have like five reasons for doing what I did. Yeah. You do, but they don't care. They don't 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 care. care. Yeah. Well, you know what? I know you don't, you want me to say something. You saw the
2: same play that I saw. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, but that's what I said. They don't care. They'll rather, they'll rather. The star player go up there and chuck it and miss it. And then they get to say, well, you know, you had three people wide open. (laughs) Well, yeah, if I would have passed it to him, he would have missed it. You would have been saying, you know, you should have. Don't you think because you get paid the big bucks, you're supposed to. And
2: then (laughs) then they bring out statistics. So, Mm -hmm. oh, well, G's one for 15 (laughs) in those moments.
0: So it's like, dang it, you do dang it though." You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's what I said. It's like, you know, players make the decisions. All we can do is watch it,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: watch it and say, all right, I made the right decision. Or, "Ah, I could have took it, I had it. But, you know, like, it's me easy saying, oh, yeah, I would have took it, but I wouldn't have took it the way he would have took it. I would have made sure it was 1-4 flat. I would have made sure. It wouldn't have been no pick and roll. It would have been 1-4 flat. But you got to think of LeBron as a point guard. If that was Rondo, Magic Johnson, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, you... 100% 100% you're making that 100%. pass. Yeah. So... W- it should be any different. <laughs> and I guarantee you, Dame said he'll shoot it. I guarantee if Dame came off and that was CJ McCullough back there...
2: Yep. And then it goes <laughs> both ways. Then you look at the scoring players, like mm-hmm. the ones you named, they probably should have passed it yep. a little bit more. So it goes both <laughs> ways. At the end of the day, when you win, you made the right plays. You went back yeah, yeah, yeah. and went through all the plays you want to make.
1: So, so all this, this knowledge, Yeah, we've said this before, you know it from playing. So as a player, to where you are as a coach and players that want to become coaches, when does that start to happen? As a player, you're, especially for you, you're a young guy. Yeah. Um, to get to the place that you are now in, in a you know short amount of time, when did you start thinking, you know what, I want to get to the point where I can speak the game and compete that way with working with guys and seeing their career develop
2: uh just now just just me doing this training stuff like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't envision So for the people that, known, that was about march that of 2019. was la- last year in march yeah when we first started and i didn't envision to be in a position i'm in right now but the more you do it you start to fall in love with it and then you start realizing like okay like i can really do this i can really help the youth in any way i can so it's not something that i just woke up like i'm I love basketball. I love being a player. You know what I mean? Um, I just love helping, too, at the same time. So, I mean, then when you're in that role of mentorship, you think about all the other ones that mentored you. Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking about all the coaches that were hard on you Mm -hmm. when you really didn't get along with them. And then it was like, okay, now I get it. They were saying this for this reason. And everything just starts making sense in the role that I'm in right now. Or they
1: just suck. They, they said stuff that you're like, this guy actually didn't know what he was talking about. Now no, that but, I know that. But you
0: but you gotta remember, you wouldn't know it was at the time. dumb yeah. at the time. You know that now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where you know going back is like, these are the people you need in certain levels because they've gotten the experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like if you just got in trouble, if you just got in trouble, right? What lawyer do you want? The one who had a thousand cases? Lost 500 of them, you know, in his early career, or someone who's starting he, ten days into the job. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been served, right? You've been served Starbucks, McDonald's, and you can tell whose first day it is. <laughs> hey, they sitting there, I don't you know, you know where that is on yeah, the menu. Yeah, <laughs> you you can tell that who that person is yeah. by looking at it. That's the same thing with some of these coaches and they staff. Y'all never been through battle. Like, what are y'all here? First of all, you was the battle as a, uh, uh, an assistant. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that qualifies as a head coach. Like, so when people are like, yo, oh, he's not qualified. Well, he was an assistant for 12 years. Yeah. Assistant. That means he had no pressure. He just sat there and just, like, he doesn't, doesn't know, he doesn't know how to do anything. He's no different than the guy you just pull it off the street and say, coach, yeah. they're both brand new. Yeah. <laughs> and my thing is, I don't, I don't. who cares about the head coach himself? It's not about the head coach. It's about his surrounding. Who does he have with him? Who's going to tell him, don't do that. Don't make that sub. Get him out. Don't have it today. That's, that's the important part of a coaching staff, you don't wanna be the smartest person on your bench. You don't wanna, like, some people are afraid, like, oh, I need to dumb down my bench so I don't get fired. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they no, no, you're gonna get fired anyway, because yeah. you got a bunch of dummies with you mm-hmm. that's not gonna tell you <laughs> anything smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want, I, want, I want brilliant people, I want brilliant yeah. that can see things I'm not seeing, because the head coach, that's an emotional yeah. distress. Yeah. Like this and that. You're getting emotional, and you're going to, what? You... Get him out. Yeah. Th- that's the emotional part of it. And, and When the coach was like, hold on. Not right now. Yeah. Let, him, let, him re- let him bounce back out of it. Those are the, the,
2: the, the great coaches in our league mm-hmm. where they know how to alleviate the authority or power to their coaching staff. And then you have some coaches that talk throughout the whole practice, and they're tired, they're sweating, you know what I mean? When really you could have let your assistant do this, the other assistant, do that. You Go know again. what I mean? You know what I mean? And you do have to have a good, strong assistant, you know, staff to to help you do those things. And you look at Greg Popovich, most of his assistants are gone because he's allowed you. them. Yeah. He's allowed them to do those things. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things I learned as a leader, not just from a—I've never been a coach or assistant, but, like, as a player, to know how to give power to your teammates mm-hmm. and not always having to do it on your own. That's one of the things that we teach in our training is, like, when, when they compete two on two, three on three, or wherever we do, or even in our pickup games, like, you're doing so much. Yes, it's great. Yes, that's like, you're doing so much, but you don't have to do so much all the time. You can take a rest here and there, and then when it comes down to it, you're gonna have energy every single time to be yourself. So.
1: But to do that, what you just said you're doing right there, you are coaching, but you're also, the, the most essential job of a coach is to communicate. And the hardest thing to do is to get that message through
2: sometimes. Yeah. So
1: how was that an adjustment as a player to a coach was like, and now I actually just have to use my words. I can't just show it.
2: When from a coaching or a player, as standpoint?
1: as going from player to coach. To to do what? To communicate and get your message through.
2: Um I think it's I think it's just, a, just experience. You know, like I said, you see coaches who failed, you know, in their coaching career and they didn't know how to work with a certain player. And so they get that same type of player later on in their coaching career, and they like, okay, I can't talk to them the way I used to talk to this player five, 10 years ago. I got to talk to them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a player, you know what I mean? Like, I can't react to every coach that I reacted five years ago until now. So it, to me, it just comes to
0: experience. Yeah. And that's, what's so funny is, um, like even like some of the decisions that I see just, just throughout, like, like the NBA, Right? And I say, you know, no one focuses on details, right? No one focuses on emotional. Like no one gets to know who the person is. So I'm like, if I'm in Toronto and I have Kawhi Leonard, no way he leaves. I will make it impossible because I'm gonna tap into something that you don't even think of. I gotta understand that he's an LA kid who's probably lonely here. He's probably lonely. So of course he's gonna wanna get back closer to home. So I'm gonna bring home here. I'm already giving him, I'm I'm already giving him 250, right? I'm already giving him 250, so what's an extra couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, on, hey, how often does your friends come up here? Do they have passports? They don't have, well, we're gonna give all your, your friends passports some got child, you know, they can't get passports because, you know, child support? What is their child support at this point in life? $10,000, yeah. t- I'll back? clean that up for them. And you know what? Twice a month, they can, they can get the jet, fly it here for our home games. Yeah. You tell that to a player, He sit th- that is a big thing to him. Like, wait, you're gonna, man, all my friends' passports and shit? Yeah. Man, clean up the child support, night, like, like that, that's a deep, deep deal you know what i mean that's I, I just helped out all my friends without really actually doing anything yeah. because no one taps into what a player really needs you just think that well i'm offering them 250 they offering him 180 it's more, it's more. he like it ain't that ain't the money he's paying attention to that ain't the money he's paying attention to he don't see he don't look at that he just wants to hoop so all he's looking at is shit if i go there i can hoop with my friends and i can talk to my friends i have a supporting cap Well, just spend that money different, bring them here. And that's how, like, if you listen to some some of these guys' reasons for leaving, you'll be like, man, they dropped the ball. They took the cookies off the plane. (laughs) You know what I mean? They went went healthy on you. You know what I mean? Like, little things like that, you can stop that. Just be in tune. But the only way you're in tune is, you need players who's already in tune. In tune. Yeah. You guys are not in tune. Because no, I remember when I had to when I had to tell, you know, um a Poland rest in peace why we needed a a a game room and um food. And he says, tell me why. And I was like, Well at your age, what did you eat at 19, 20, 21? And he was like, fast food. Exactly. What was that? Just because you paid me 65 million, I still don't have a palate for great food. I haven't learned that yet. And you know, also, all I knew is, after practice, go to McDonald's. But I don't know anything other than that Tony Romas, and so I'm fueling my body with bad food. So is the rest of the team, unless they're married and their wives are cooking their this and this. Other than that, majority of your team is too young to know how to eat. So if you want. Us to perform well you should have a chef that's making sure they're getting breakfast lunch. at least you know they're getting two great meals healthy meals a game and then with the game room you're richer than us so your game room will be better than Most. our house or whatever For sure. you know we're living like we're straight out of college huh. still you know so we got a 10 bedroom only one bedroom is done, the rest of the shit is empty. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't know nothing yeah, about none of this. Sure. So you have a game room with a TV, the pool table, right? I wanna stay. When it ends up happening, I said. so now your players are staying here longer. Yeah. Now that means they don't have nowhere to rush off to. So now they're gonna stay after, shoot more. Now they can ice, do all the rehab, do the waiting, go in there, shoot, go to sleep come back. This becomes a home. Yeah. He was like, that actually makes sense. I'll have it done. Yeah. And 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 I tell players, don't be afraid to of tell, the men to tell. Them. I said because you got a member, they are out of touch. Yeah. They don't they don't know. You know, so you you got to you got to tell you them, communicate that. You know, you know and that's it's communication. Just like a parent don't know. Gotta communicate them. A kid don't know, you gotta communicate with it. Yep. And that's that's the that's the place that we're in where we get to we get to give the knowledge to all this that we we didn't have at that time. We we made it, and it's like, all right, this is what happens up here. <laughs> all right, college, this is what's gonna happen. So you know where not to yeah, fall in these traps. This is where you gotta train a little bit more because when you get to the next level. They're gonna put in zones. You gotta learn how to do this. So, exactly. this is what we're gonna to need to work on. Exactly. And we get to actually bring that back and, and deliver Absolutely. that message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of
2: messages,
1: it's about that time. He always has a lot on his mind, but specifically for you, ask Agent Zero, what do you wanna pick his brain about?
2: Okay. Um, we all know you was a, a great, great scorer, right? I was a really good playmaker. Mm-hmm. I have my answers. I don't have an answer. I want to hear your answers first. What is more important to a team? Scoring point guard or a playmaker? Or a point guard. Scoring point guard or a playmaking point guard?
0: It depends on what your team looks like. There you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Depends there on you what go. your team looks like. Yeah. Um so like somebody like Rondo, yeah, right? You take him this year, he's a playmaker. You watch Game Six; he was a scorer
2: because mm-hmm.
0: he realizes LeBron's playmaking. I need to delegate scoring because we're having trouble scoring. So let me be a let me let me be a scorer. And if I need to make a play, I'll make a play. So I say usually the best playmakers uh, scores. are the best scorers. Yeah, but they're so used to Making giving plays. everyone else the ball instead of just no like. Like, so I was taught, I was taught this. And they said, so I had to watch Jason Kidd. So they was like, all right, a score. Watch Jason Kidd. And then look at how to score from his vision.
2: Mm.
0: Like, all right. So I'm watching Jason Kidd in the playoffs, throwing up the ball, doing this, running fast, speed, like, and then I noticed, The playmakers are touching the paint
2: every time. every
0: time down, never giving up their dribble, probing, looking, sucking people in, passing it. I need to adapt that. I, I need to adapt that because now the game becomes easier because now I can see where he passes so now now when I hit the paint, I know, okay, make that pass. Next if he hits that shot, next time I drive, he won't be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now I'm looking at the game from your your point of view. Yeah. And that's and that's dangerous.
2: So I I know that I'm for me personally, in my opinion, you're right. I think it's easier to become a score playmaker mm-hmm. than a playmaker score. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can't say Rondo do what Steph or Dame does. You know what I mean? But you can take a Gilbert or a Dame or Steph to do a little bit more playmaking, like a John Wall or Rondo, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And when you become a score score playmaker, I think to me, you're much more dangerous in the league than just the playmaker or just a scorer. You know what I mean? Because there's scorers in the league now that all they do is just score, Mm -hmm. and they don't make their teammates better. Mm -hmm. And there's playmakers now, all they do is playmake, but then when it's time to score for your team, you know what I mean? And you're not really causing a double team on the pick and roll. You're not really doing yeah. nothing when the team's when the, everybody switches. What are you doing? Do and that's, that and that's and that's and
0: that's and that's that was that was more of of our upbringing mm-hmm. on the ideal of what a point guard is supposed to be. Right. So they used to tell us, "Well, the point guard makes everyone better."
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So when I got older, I started realizing, "Wait, hold on. That probably was wrong." If you're making everyone better, that means they're actually not that damn good. Because if you have to do everything to get him open, that means he can't get open by himself. Mm-hmm. That means he's never, these guys aren't doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're saying here, hey, feed us all. <laughs> if you don't feed us, you're not, you, you ain't good at what you do. Instead of saying no. You work on your individual skills. You work on your individual skills. You work on your individual skills and we play this game together great. But prime example, I'll say it. That's why someone like Blake Griffin, you had Chris Paul feeding you every meal, driving in, breaking these guys down you start at the three-point line, you run in, you get the dunk, you get the dunk, you get the dunk, you get the dunk, you're doing all these highlights. You remove Chris Paul and we say eat. You don't know how to post up. You don't know how to create a double team. You don't, how to, you don't know how to demand nothing because you never had to. You, ne- you never hunted for yourself. So you take that playmaker off the court or well, yeah, this playmaker yeah, sure. gets tired, or this playmaker gets double, you don't yeah. know how to eat on your own. So when you look at why they didn't have to, they got names, why they didn't have success? Well, in the playoffs, and when that game slows down, and Chris Paul is being picked up full court, now he got to try to make the play. Then on offense, the guard is coming at him. He's done in the fourth quarter. He's done, we done tired this man out. Well, you don't know how to post, you don't know how to play, you don't know how to do this. You know, so you sit there and look at the roster like, oh, the only person we gotta worry about now is Jamal Crawford, trying to take the game over himself. You know, so now we're just gonna focus on Jamal and Chris Paul. Everybody else is dead meat once Chris Paul is tired. You know what I mean? And and I'd say, well, score. Score, your brain already sees passing. So for everyone to actually, like, to to keep the balance in the game, the playmaker who's designed to play make has to be a threat scoring-wise. It came from the Magic Johnson era, where they didn't look at Magic Johnson how they look at LeBron. He's a three, but because he can pass and he has the vision, we're putting the ball in his hand. Yeah. But he always had two guards. Yeah. Those two guards just became scores yeah. and defenders because just give it to Magic. That's what, Le- give it to LeBron. Yeah. Everybody else, just score. I don't yeah. need, I don't need you trying to be a playmaker and hey, you trying to be a playmaker. Now I got three playmakers and one score. That means 10 eyes is sitting right here.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's when, that's when Lakers had trouble scoring because yeah. you got three guys who are spot-up shooters, but that's all they're doing. They're not backdooring. They're not being creative. They're not. They're not. They're not being. They're not playing gray area basketball. They're playing black and white. So now, if I know you're never gonna shoot the ball, I'm not even gonna pay attention to you. I'm just gonna sit here. We're gonna double. If you do shoot, I'm just you know. But because your brain is telling you, I'm get it. When I get it, I'm a playmate. Yeah. Like you, you helped us out. And yeah. you know, also you know I used to tell guards like yo, hey man, I, I couldn't stay in front of you today. You helped me out yeah you know what I mean, you you helped me like TJ Ford. like hey, bro you should you should be averaging 20. Sure. Like, like like you're too quick. like if we was fast, yeah, I'm, I can stay in front of you, but because your lateral quickness, I couldn't stay in front of you. Why aren't you trying to score? That ain't my job. What is your job? Your job is the lead. Sometimes you got to score 20, 30. Steve Nash, every time we play Steve Nash, he had had to score 30, 40 to compete, because I'm trying to give him 50. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a lopsided ass, someone's going to have to make up the difference what I'm going to do here, or you're going to be forced to score. Mm -hmm. So when you see our, our books together, it's his biggest numbers because he's forced to he's forced to play For sure. my style. For sure.
2: Yeah, and I, I thought Rondo did a good job of adjusting from playmaking to scoring. And to me, it doesn't really matter whether you're a scorer or a playmaker. I just think you got to know how to play every position. You got to know how to do everything at any given time. So to go back to our training company is like, we're not teaching just one set thing. We're teaching our point guards to play off the ball. You know, we're teaching our guards to, to post. We're teaching our wings to playmate and be point guards, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So LeBron actually sees over the defense, you know what I mean? It's better when you're 6'7", six, 6'8", six, mm-hmm. yeah. in a pick and roll or like you're a Luka, to see all the double teams and hit the weak side and stuff. So I, I just think the game is just involved in so many ways and it's beautiful to see. Yeah. It is beautiful to see,
1: it's beautiful to see what you're doing here and I wanna get into one more thing, we'll get in on this, the adjustment, right? The lifestyle mm-hmm. and, why, and I thought of this as, as a coach, you gotta be the first one in the gym, last one to leave type thing. As a player, you're on your own schedule
2: yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: So that's a big adjustment. Yeah. So for you, what's the biggest adjustment and
2: what are you most at peace at with that, about that, that? What you just said, like just, like you can't do everything as a player, like you said. Um, you know, when you're the coach, you actually have to mean what you say. You know, when you're a player, maybe the best player, or. Come in, maybe a little bit late for whatever reason, and it may be okay. But the coach can't come in late. Yeah. The trainer can't come in late. So I was like, for me, that was an adjustment. Like I have to be here on time. If you know these guys that I'm training or helping out want to listen.
0: Yeah, that, that, say, I'm, 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 I was the same. I remember uh, <laughs> my uh, my first like uh, game. I had the coach. I'm walking in right before <laughs> the game, like thinking like, oh, should I even get him the game plan yet? Wait, hold, um, who who we playing? <laughs> they over there. Yeah. Did y'all watch him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm coming in as a you know a player or a father just 10 minutes before the game, not realizing I'm supposed to be scouting exactly. the team early to tell the, the who is the shooter. Hit, you know what I mean? So I'm when when guys are hitting shots. I failed because I you didn't I, give him the report I know he's a shooter now because he hit five. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I should have known that watching the for game sure. before. For sure. You know, it's. Yeah. It, that's and, adjustment.
1: And, and now if a player's late for you, you're, you know, yeah, you, they, find you realize they're on their time <laughs> run.
2: Yeah, and, and that's one of the things as experience, it comes back to all experience, you as a player, you know, if you want to be the leader of that team as a player, then you have to kind of set the example for everybody else. You know, we had a player that's probably one of our best players that we trained, but he was always showing up late. But we had young players getting here earlier before him. And I'm like, well, if we want this company to grow and we're trying to help these players out, then we need our best player to kind of set the tone and example. So we kind of had to talk to him about getting here early so our young players understand the importance of getting here early. Because I know when I saw my best player here, uh-huh. An hour, or two hours before I got to, to yep. practice, I was like, "Oh man, like he, yes, he's serious. Like I got to lock in. You know what I mean? Because I knew he was putting in the work. work. But then when you saw your best player getting late and he really wasn't working as hard as you, like man, he's yep. just as good as me. Like I'm, <laughs> I move over. Like I'm yep. a, I, am I can do this too. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't be that way. Your best player has to set the tone. Well,
1: oh, starts at the top.
0: And yeah. like you said, wearing it's in good starts hands. Starts from the bottom it starts from the bottom you gotta remember it starts at this age because yeah. you know, if you can teach them and train them and get their minds but it starts adapted, with the leader, it starts with the leadership once they come up then they're already because i remember with autographs you know like have you noticed the person who got denied an autograph denies everyone autographs <laughs> once he gets to the top but like yeah. yo remember that feeling yeah and i said look i never denied an autograph because you never know who that person's gonna. That might be your next boss. For sure. You sitting there on your last leg, and yeah. you sitting there, and he just bought the team. <laughs> right? He just bought yeah. the team, and you looking for a job. That experience when he first met you is gonna dictate if he says yes or no. Yeah. And I tell him like, listen, think about what you were when you were little, and you was looking at, oh my God, that's you. Can I have your autograph? Before? takes ten seconds, twenty seconds. Do sure. it. Get it all, he's gonna remember for the rest of his life. And that might be a lifeline. You never know. That's a fact. You know what I mean? But so that fact. starts with the up, the, you know, the bottom, teaching them manners and, you know, how to move. So when they get there, they already know how to move. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: the difference. This, this next generation, they have guys like you guys accessible to them. Mm-hmm. Um, from the bottom on up, and then when you're at the top, go back and back get, down, yeah, right? get back with the bottom. So yeah. there we go. Full circle. with well, Darren, yeah, no worries, we got to get to work. I know you got guys coming through here all day. Yeah. We took a lot of your time. It's all good. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I
2: mean, we hope, you know, more players come through, you know what I mean? Try to get the whole experience. We actually had what's, what's so unique about our situation. We're starting to have parents, you know, fly, you know, fly with their kids from the East Coast just to train with us. And that means everything to me. Yeah. So now it just ups my game. And Sean, Calvin, Paris, the guys that work with me, to do it at a high level. And I, I can't do this without those guys. You know what I mean? So now we moving. We're moving every day the way we move. So yeah. it takes a team. Keep yeah. it moving. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're here at Pros Vision, Southern California. Darren Collison, Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Batacello. This has been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Catch us every Monday on the Fubo Sports Network at 8 p.m. Eastern. And we'll see you next time.